You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Hannah Shamurhorn in her new book, A Single Life to Live, draws from diverse experience of single people in the Bible and helps us debunk common myths of misunderstandings, too, about singleness, like maybe our life doesn't really begin until we're married. She also draws from her personal life and story. She's got great encouragement for you no matter where you are in your journey. Hannah, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Could you just, you know, start with your story a little bit? Why did you decide this book was important? It comes out of your story. So tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, when I was in college, um, I was dating someone for a long time and we kind of took the next step and we got engaged and we planned our wedding. And then just a couple months before we were supposed to get married, um, I found out some things that made it that we could no longer continue the relationship. So just a few months before we were supposed to get married, we called off our marriage and it was very, very hard for me because I entered a stage of life I did not think I was going to be in again. And that's that I was single. So I really struggled with being singleness when I first entered it. But then in about six years of struggling through singleness, God really uh, changed my heart and made me enjoy where I was in my life through different mentors and Bible stories and sermons and things like that. So about six years after that initial hard experience, I realized, hey, I really like my life and I'm super happy about being single. And there's so many things that I wish I would have known when I first became single that I know now. So I should probably write a book about it. (laughs) That's how it came about. (laughs) I'm so glad you did. A Single Life to Live is the book. And so many struggle sometimes with thinking, maybe there's something wrong with me. That's why I'm single. I look around and everyone else is in a relationship, but or maybe even having Uh, jealous feelings when that next friend announces, I'm engaged. I mean, these are common emotions that people feel, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I struggled with those for a very, very long time and definitely had to work through them all. You know, we're starting a uh, book club about six conversations, right? This is a different book than yours, right? And it's talking about important conversations. And you, in the introduction, say that conversations usually end with a single person with the question of, so who are you dating now? Or, I know this person I think you should date. (laughs) Why does it always end up there for singles? I feel like a lot of people who are in relationships think that that's the way that life should be going for single people. I don't know if it's because they're bored and they just want to, you know, help their single friends and they want some good stories and things like that. Um, I think there's a lot of genuine, you know, trying to help people. But I think it really comes from this feeling that we have in society and even in the Christian church sometimes that being in a relationship or being married is better than singleness. But that's very different from what the Bible says, where Paul says it's good for them to remain unmarried. So it's good for people to be married. It's good for people to be single. They're just different seasons for different people, you know, in different times of life. It sounds like what you're saying is what is God's plan for you at this moment? That is your best. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think it's a good thing to consider, especially, you know, if you're single in a relationship, rather than trying to set people up and think that that's the best thing for them, thinking about, oh, maybe God has you here in your singleness right now for a reason. And, you know, I shouldn't try to change that if that's what God's will is right now. Well, your whole first chapter is about identity. It's our identity in Christ is what's important, correct? Yes, exactly. And that was a huge game changer for me. I think I really saw myself as all the negative associations with single when I first became single. 
I thought, you know, I'm unloved, I'm not chosen, I'm the one who, you know, no one cares about and things like that. But then when I suddenly saw my identity is none of those things, my identity is that I am loved by God and nothing more and nothing less, then that really changed how I viewed my whole time in singleness because it suddenly made everything that I struggled with so much easier because it's like, oh, I'm not alone. God is with me at all times. I'm not chosen. God does choose me. All the all those bad associations really go away easily when we see what our true identity is. Well, in your book, Hannah, you obviously draw from your own story, but you also draw from Scripture, and you turn us to the prophet Jeremiah, because loneliness is a real emotion and a real feeling that many people feel, whether they're married or not, actually. But uh, Jeremiah also experienced this in the Bible. But what does he help us understand about singleness and if we're struggling with that today? Yeah, Jeremiah was one I learned a lot from. He is one of the loneliest people I've heard of. Um, He experienced everything from his hometown trying to kill him to putting him in solitary confinement to throwing him in a cistern to just kind of sink in the mud and die, all because he was preaching to the people that, you know, they need to repent and turn to God, and they hated it. So I learned a lot from Jeremiah. In the book of Jeremiah, he really goes through his struggles and he's honest with God about, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And he even says, you know, why was I even born to have to experience all these things? But in bringing his real and honest feelings with God to God, he could answer those and then bring Jeremiah the comfort. So Jeremiah was able to say, you know, the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. And if he was able to say those things, despite all of the hard things he was going through, I realized, you know, I should be able to say that God is with me and really understand that too in my loneliness, because it can't even compare to what Jeremiah was going through. You know, one of the phrases that is thrown around is, it's time to get alone with God, or I need to get alone with God. You're spending alone, enough alone time. I'm sure it's that even that phrase is difficult. How difficult is it for a single person to spend time with God? I mean, it's difficult for all of us, but is there a different struggle for a single person? Yeah, I think it can definitely be a different struggle just because, you know, sometimes when you have a significant other, you can come together and read the Bible and talk about it and spend time with God and kind of have some accountability there. But I think it's obviously just as important for single people to spend time with God. It's important for everyone. But I think making that a normal practice every single day of being able to turn to God and say, oh, this is what my identity is. You do have a purpose for me. You do have plans for me. It's really nice to have that reassurance every single day because you're not necessarily getting it from a physical another person who's next to you and telling you that and encouraging you in that. So I think it's very, very essential for finding happiness and singleness. Yeah, and Jesus got alone as well to be with his heavenly father. And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, you say how he was able to be obedient to God's will for his life, even though it was difficult, can also share and teach us about our journey in singleness. Yes, definitely. One of the things in the Garden of Gethsemane is that Jesus said, you know, Father, if you take this cup from me, you know, not my will, but your will. He was kind of asking, is there another way to pay for the sins of the world? And God said, no, this is what you need to do. And that really opened up my eyes because Jesus received a no from God. And that's not something I normally think about, but I prayed over and over and over, God, please, you know, don't let me be single. I want my relationship status to change. And it's like, God, do you care? You just keep on telling me no right now. 
But the reality is that God told Jesus no, and the reason he said no is because something so much bigger and better came out of it. You know, because God said no at that point, Jesus died for all of our sins and was raised from the dead, and we get to go to heaven. So the best thing came out of one of God's no's. And, you know, I have to believe that when God tells us no, too, that it's all because of a bigger picture and a bigger plan. And as he promises, he's going to work things out for good. So a no right now can really mean something way better than we could ever imagine later. Mm-hmm. One of your chapters is called Baggage. What do you mean by baggage? Yeah, baggage is the stuff, especially in singleness in particular, that, you know, we bring to our daily lives that, you know, we may have been negatively impacted in the past. So in singleness, there can be a lot of baggage associated with dating, um, especially trying to find the right person and maybe just having bad dating experience after bad dating experience. It could be rejection, ghosting, all of the weird things that happen in our modern dating. And I think it's very common to bring that to any relationship, any you know stage of life from all of those past things that we experience. But it's very, very important to address baggage because if we don't do that, then we're not you know having the most joy that we can have in our lives every single day. Mm. Well, you know, Hannah, I just think about the fact that today is Valentine's Day, and I know that it can be a difficult reminder for some of that, you know, relationship status that they were praying to change, as you mentioned earlier. What is some encouragement that you can give those who may kind of resent the fact that today they're going to be seeing a lot of hearts and flowers and chocolates and feel, again, that sting of loneliness? Yeah, I think that the important thing to know is that God has you where you are for a reason, and God is good, and He loves you so much, and He knows everything that you're going through. But the reason He's allowing you to be single right now is maybe something we won't know right now. Maybe, you know, when we die and go to heaven, He'll tell us. Um, But an all-powerful God who loves us so much more than any person could ever love us has us here. So we either have the choice today to be upset and feel bad about what our circumstances are, or we can say, you know what, God has me here for a reason. So I'm going to trust that and make the most out of this experience I have in singleness. You know, whether you're single or married or in a relationship, I think that word you just used, trust, is so important. Uh, All of us have that lack of trust at some point, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And I think for myself in particular, I had to really struggle through trusting God, you know, when everything kind of seemed to be wiped away from my life of what I expected and what I thought was going to happen. God really showed me that if I just had him, that was the only thing I needed so I could move forward and continue to trust him through everything that happened to me and everything that will ever happen to me in the future. Oh, such a great reminder, no matter where you are today. It's a single life to live, how you can find joy and purpose in God's plan for you. Hannah Shamorhorn, thank you so much for joining us today for writing this book. And we just want to encourage our friends. If you want more info, head to ericandbridget.org. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you for having me.